You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur. Hello, Hare Krishna. This is Gangadas, your host from Mayapur. And today is a beautiful sun shining day. Last night was cool because there was a storm and rain. So in the night we could have a good sleep. And today we have a wonderful opportunity to meet a wonderful devotee. His name is Jagadish Das. He's from USSR. He's born in 1973. has been 14 years in Mayapur. He's my dear friend. And I'm very, very happy that today is here with us. We're going to pick his brain and ask him questions. So he'll tell us how he feels and uh, how is the preaching going on all over the world. And uh, so, welcome, Jagadish Prabhu. Thank you very much, Ganga Prabhu. It's a pleasure to have you here with us today. And uh, <clears throat> tell us a little bit about your uh, personal uh, experience of your family when you were born and where you grew up and how was your education. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, as you mentioned, I was born in uh, USSR. At that time, it was a great empire. But uh, as you all know, it fell apart in the 90. So before that, I was born in uh, Kiev, Ukraine, okay, and um, my family stayed there till '86, when uh, Chernobyl exploded. Oh my goodness! So um, after that, uh, they first of all sent me somewhere else in Russia. It's uh, on the coast of a Baltic Sea, mm. and uh, then they came along. So uh, the radiation didn't really hit me. Seriously, but I had some some difficulties, nothing major. And then from '86 till '90, I was living in uh, Russia. Wow. From there, I uh, came to Israel wow. because my father is a Jew. Okay. So there in Israel, I stayed for 19 years. I went to the army. I worked, uh, my education wasn't successful because I left um, USSR at that time when I was 17. So I couldn't, I couldn't finish, uh, I couldn't finish uh, high school. And then after it was really difficult, you know, the whole thing happened and life was hectic as an immigrants. So basically I don't have uh, academic education completed. That's okay. No <laughs> Still problem. surviving. Yeah. <laughs> but what about the language? Because you were born in USSR and you speak a different language from when you went to Israel or not? Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Well, So it, you had to 17 learn another language? Yeah, yeah. Wow. What, what happened is in, in the USSR, Russian was very dominant. Right. And even other states, they everybody spoke Russian. Right. But then some people spoke uh, native language, like say, uh, you know, in Asia, they have many languages and Ukrainian language is really beautiful. Wow. So I, I understand and I speak a little bit Ukrainian. It's close to Russian, but it's, it's, it's very sweet language. Nice. I really love it. And then at 17, 
I had to learn Hebrew, which is a completely different, different language. language. And it different. reads script. Yeah, the script, and it, it reads opposite. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it was a challenge, but... Uh, you did it. Yeah, you I learned. did it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, Jagadish. Tell us how you came in contact with the devotees. What was that uh, opening door, the flash, which changed your life, maybe? Uh, you were, were you interested in spiritual life at all at the time? Or were you questioning... What's going on? Where are we going? Where is the future? Uh, well, honestly speaking, being in the USSR, we were trained by communist uh, government. And religion there's is... not God. Yeah, there's no God. Okay. There's Lenin, there's Stalin. You know, those are the gods of right. the nation. Right. So when I came to Israel, I saw these people are really religious. And I, I mean, I have to admit, first of all, I was really scared you know, Hasid Jews and, you know, it's it's a completely different culture. I've never yeah. seen it like that. Right. And the Saturday, the, the whole city shuts down, no transportation, no shops. It's like, it's very serious there. So I started to, to become interested. What is this? And I was working for one guy who mm -hmm. was a religion, a religious Jew from uh, Germany. But uh, he was, I mean, his family was from Germany, but he, he was already Israeli. And he was very kind to me. And he, he taught me some, uh, you know, some um, basic principle, Jewish Dharma, as, as, as you can say. Right. And he was really sweet. So I started to go synagogue and praying and this and that. But uh, with me, it didn't happen because my mom isn't a Jew. But in, in Judaism... You, you inherit your nationality from mother's side. So I wasn't accepted as such. So it's kind of, it didn't work, but I got the seed of uh, what is religion and how it is better to be a religious person that, than an atheist. So I appreciated that. That was very interesting stage uh, in my life. And I'm grateful for that. Wonderful. Definitely. So, at which point in your life you met the devotee, or you came in contact with book, or you saw Ratayatra, I don't know. What, who is the person who connects you with Krishna, who is the first guru, we say, no? Uh, yeah. Mm, uh, in Israel, although in the 90s it was still very, very religious-oriented society, which it isn't now. Oh, it's now changed, it's, yeah? It changed a lot. Okay. Now it's uh, it, it's basically um, secular, mm -hmm. so people don't follow tradition and this and that. Uh, so uh, there was a small group of devotees. One of them was Srila Prabhupada disciple. Okay. And he had like a small following, maybe maybe seven, eight, no more than ten people. And uh, in the center of Tel Aviv, they had an apartment, and regularly they did Harinam right in the in the middle of Tel Aviv. There's a, it wasn't a shopping center as such, then, but it was, uh, you know, where, where people would walk and cafe, and it's it's like an enjoying uh, center area. of the city, like a place to meet people and. Exactly. It's like a downtown, downtown yes. and near to the beach, Mediterranean. Oh, nice. So they performed every Saturday. They did hard enough. <laughs> and, and I was like, wow, these people are so different. 
you know, from everybody else. Yeah. And so happy. So I liked uh, the chanting and um, I was attracted, but I didn't know, you know. Who are these people? Yeah, exactly. I didn't know who are they. They distributed books in Hebrew and uh, they were looking a bit, you know, strange. Different. And I had a long <laughs> hair, but I enjoyed the music. I, I really liked the mantra. Nice. But uh, to become close with them, I didn't. I didn't feel like it was like uh, scary. Not, not, not really scary. It was a little weird, unusual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just, I just enjoy it because I was, I was spending time in the same area. I just, I just, I was listening every every Saturday. I was listening to Harinam like an hour, an hour and a half, and then they would pack and go somewhere. But I never, I never went with them. I was just like happy on my own. <laughs> <laughs> so then, and then what happened um, uh, in '94? I visited my uh, my friend uh, in Russia. Uh, I, I I flew back to Russia and visited some friends. And he told me about these Hare Krishna people. And I was like, really? Who are they? <laughs> and, then, and then we went in St. Petersburg. We went to a, to a program, which was happening in, a, it wasn't a restaurant. A, it was like a, like cafe. a, a cafe. cafe yeah. Yes. More cafe than a restaurant, but they had a little hall there mm. for, for programs. So we ate. And we were high on all kind of stuff. I mean, <laughs> the experience was really, really good. <laughs> and uh, and I bought a few books. And what struck me, they had uh, the famous picture of Lord Chaitanya when he's walking like that, you know, graciously on the streets of Nadia. Yes. And I was looking at that picture and it was so beautiful. And it, remember, I was like really yeah. intoxicated. Yes. So... <laughs> So I was thinking, is that a woman or is that a man? <laughs> and I saw there's no, you know, yeah. It's open on top. Yeah, it's open on top. But then I, I was like fascinated by, by, that, by, by that picture. And I bought some books, uh, Easy Journey to Other Planets and Science of Self-Realization. Wow. And, uh, and then we, we ate lunch there and then we had some, some time in between and they invited us for the evening program. And then we came back to the evening program. I don't remember anything about the evening program because it <laughs> went blank, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got the experience. I got the experience. But you reconnected. These are the same people you saw in Israel or not? Um, no. Not really. Okay. I, I, I wasn't sure. I felt something, but I, I couldn't connect it on the intellectual level. So then, um, you know... The, my friend preached me about vegetarianism, this and that. And I was thinking, yeah, it's a cool idea, but I wasn't like going to do that. It was just an idea. And then when I came back to Israel, beginning in 94, uh, my future wife, when she, at that time, she wasn't my wife, right. we were just friends. Right. She met devotees in Tel Aviv and they distributed her some books. And then, then we connected. Oh. And then we realized, oh, those are the These same, are same people. people. So we, we came for the experience. And uh, yeah, we became part of, the, part of the family, like right away. She joined and I joined. Uh, and we were, of course, we were young. I was like 20 years old. She was 17. 
<laughs> so it was uh, it was really really sweet. We started to chant and and come and help, and she immediately started doing book distribution. So uh, yeah, ninety four. That's how it all began. Wonderful. So, what make you uh, travel to India, faraway land, and then you came here fourteen years ago? I know you're from the very beginning. I remember you. And uh, what make you come to India? Well, obviously, I was reading Srila Prabhupada's books. Yes. And uh, I read about Brindavan, you know, Krishna book. I read uh, I read the teachings of Lord Chaitanya. Although um, it was it was a bit difficult for me. I mean, too many names and too many things. Names and conversations. Yeah, <clears throat> I tried honestly, but Krishna book I really liked. So there's a description: Brindavan, the forest of Brindavan, Jamuna, Govardhan. So I was thinking, wow, I gotta go there. <laughs> and then, and I was working. I was working uh, for one guy doing uh, AC. So. Uh, uh, AC work is, is actually good. What is good about it? It's seasonal work. In the yes. summer, it's we worked really hard. But in the winter, there was m much less work. So I was thinking, okay, let's do, let's go. <laughs> so I took my girlfriend. By then, she wasn't my wife. Uh, maybe she was. Oh, yeah, we're already married. Okay. That was, that was, uh, that was, uh, we married in 95 in, 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 uh, Spring and then uh, in uh, in the end of '95, uh, I bought tickets and uh, we flew we flew to Brindavan and then Mayapur and then Jagannath Puri for three months we traveled because I could wow. I could take that long of a leave because there was not, not much work yeah, yeah yeah so uh, yeah I came to India and I was blown away of course. The experience I got, it wasn't like in Krishna book. I mean, I have to, <laughs> I have to admit, <laughs> but I wasn't frustrated. I was, I really enjoyed it. Uh, although, of course, we were sick and this and that stuff stolen. I mean, the, the, the first <laughs> the regular Indian, yeah, yeah, the, the regular Indian experience for two spaced out, you know, kids. You could say, yeah. I was 21, uh, 22. She was like. 19 so <laughs> but we liked it somehow or other but then at one point you decide to come and set yourself in mayapur so you went back yeah of course and then what happened well i continued working okay and uh, she studied we had two kids nice so first uh first in 99 and then my daughter she she was born in uh, 2008 and then 2009, I realized that uh, along the way, uh, it, I have to I have to say that uh, what happened is that um, many immigrants uh, in 90s came to to Israel from former USSR, right. and many of them were already familiar with Krishna consciousness from their own places from uh, Asian republics, from Ukraine, Moldova, Belarus, Russia, many. And what happened in 98, we split. So the, so the, the Hebrew speaking group, they, they continued on their own. And then uh, Srila Kavichandra Swami, I got initiated in 96 by Kavichandra Maharaj. So he told me, okay, you develop Russian preaching. <laughs> nice. In that in that way, I inherited the Russian preaching program in Israel, uh, 
And uh, we met many, many nice, uh, nice devotees. So from 98, I became the leader of, uh, of a Russian speaking devotees in Israel, which is, it's a strange combination, but it is what it is. <laughs> and then, uh, as I mentioned, 2009, 11 years later, my son was uh, 10 years old and I realized, man, I mean, he was, he was really going in the, in the, in the wrong direction. You know, he was <laughs> demanding, he, he didn't behave himself and the whole culture. I mean, for those who, who never visited uh, Israel, it's an American culture in the Middle East. I mean, the secular part and ultra-Orthodox on the other side. So it's very diverse. And uh, my boy was like really getting bewildered because in, inside we, we were practicing Krishna consciousness. We had deities, Gornitai, beautiful deities. And then outside in the school, in the kindergarten, he was like exposed to a different, you know, complete different culture, different diet, different uh, friends and, uh, and values. Right. So how, by, that, by, that, by that time, my wife said, enough is enough. <laughs> We're going to try Mayapur. Wow. And this is how the decision was made. And uh, of course, I was, uh, was really scared as a head of the family because it was my responsibility. Naturally. Uh, I, was, I was 36. My, ma my mom is a devotee. She's a disciple of Indijumna Swami. Nice. So I had mom, like an elderly person, two kids and a wife. So you remember, I came, yes. I came to your place and this and that. And then uh, we came and I was thinking, okay, if we, if we mm, survive, if we like the place. See, the difficulty is that each member of the family had to really, uh, you know, Work be happy yeah. in Mayapur. Yeah. And even if one of them isn't. It's then, not gonna happen. Yeah, sure. So I didn't sell my house. I, I left everything there behind. I didn't. I didn't burn any bridges, so to say. Correct. So we came and we liked it. <laughs> and my boy went to Gurukul. Well, the girl was one and a half years old, she so was she was small. like enjoying life. And somehow, rather, we're still here. So this is the decision was because of the kids, but actually everybody got the benefit of my effort. By the way, I just want to say our audience that on 4th of, 4th of February, uh, we did interview your son, Tamal Krishna Kripodas, and it was very sweet and nice. So people can go back and hear to that interview as well in our podcasting. So um, it's wonderful. And so now tell me a little bit about uh, you are traveling and preaching every year and see you going and you go to Israel and you go to Russia and you do... Uh, uh, you still continue to be uh, one of the soldiers of Lord Chaitanya and preaching Christian consciousness to different groups. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I would say very soldier. Because <laughs> <laughs> traveling, you know, it really, you know, takes a lot of your health. Sure. Still, I continue. I don't, I don't personally, I don't like traveling much. Uh, but because our base is in, is in Mayapur and uh, believe it or not, we studied for 12 years. We studied Shastra in Mayapur. I know that. So uh, all, you know, all of Srila Prabhupada main books 
works of the Acharyas, Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Sandarbhas, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, uh, Sanatan Goswami, Brihad Bhagavatamrita. I mean, we did the whole, the whole thing. So um, then... Uh, it's a uh, great exposure to study all this book in Mayapur. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. So uh, slowly, slowly being loaded with the transcendental knowledge. I mean, obviously Israel always a part of me. And uh, I remained to be a leader there. I, even after after so many That's years. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> and people like me because I come, you know, and I, I speak a lot of, you know, stories and philosophy, give classes, seminars. So we are well connected with with Israel. In terms of Russia, it's not as much because Russia is very, very big and very diverse. But uh, before COVID, I was going once a year to preach in Moscow. I had a... I had some group, they invited me, and it was uh, mainly new people, but very, very high class, like educated, well-established people, new to Krishna consciousness. So it was more like, uh, like friends, we became friends, but also, you know, I preached about uh, Srila Prabhupada, about his mission, you know, Mahaprabhu's teaching to them and like that. But because of the COVID, since then, since uh, uh, three years back, I couldn't go. So now I'm planning to go again, but let's see if it happens. Cause yeah, still some conflict. There's a conflict and the, the difficulty is that uh, economical situation is, is very, very bad in, in, in Russia and mm, Tickets are super expensive from India. It's like it went triple yes. from the original prices before COVID. So I'm contemplating, but they, they want me to come, but whether I can afford it or not, we'll see. But yeah, but Israel, I'm going once a year. Spend a few months there. Yes, but yeah. And Israel is a beautiful place. We have Dead Sea, we have Mediterranean Sea. We have Red Sea. We have the, the place where the Jesus walked on the water, wow. and it's a, it's a historical place, and it's very ancient culture. So you can feel the vibe, and and I love Israel, and of course, the food in Israel it's like first class because milk products not contaminated by anything because they nice. there's a, there's a kosher, wow. so that makes it. I also heard that uh, the capital of the vegan is Israel. There are 7,000 restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, I don't know how. So people that are it. interested in Yeah, being, I missed it. Yeah. But the people, uh, people, and not vegetarian, but, 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 but vegan. vegan. And, and it's very popular. And they cook all kind of stuff. Fake meat. I mean, you can't even understand. <laughs> I don't go there. I don't <laughs> like it. But, but it, the, the stuff they cook, it's amazing. And it's it's from street food. So yeah, this the yeah yeah yeah. Thing. What is the age group of the people you are actually uh, exposing your Christian conscience to? <laughs> That's a nice question because when I was young, the the people that I preached were young. <laughs> right. <laughs> now that I I as I grew, the the crowd grows with me. I don't know why. <laughs> Although we have uh, we have. Um, we have uh, some members of community very senior, like 70 plus, and some 20 plus, between 20 and 30. Okay. But the main group is between uh, 40 and 60, say. Right, right. So 
that's that's the that's the group. That's so the so the age follows, I guess the. Ah well, I was wondering how you keep in touch with them when you're not there, or there is another person they can contact. How they progress in their spiritual life, because you are preaching, inspiring them, but then you go after three months to come back to India. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's like Srila Prabhupada did. We follow we follow in the footsteps of Srila Prabhupada. Um, they're four leaders. Israel is is a relatively very small country. Country, yes. Five hours you can cross from north to south and one hour from east to, to west. So we have four leaders and each of them, they, you know, they are my friends and I train them. So each of them, one is for the center of Israel, one is for the north, one is for the south, and one is, you know, coordinating the whole kind of team. Nice. So yeah, devotees are there. They keep in touch with them. Yeah, yeah, they keep, they keep in touch with uh, with people. Of course, we don't have a temple there because, uh, you know, to have a temple in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv, it would yeah. be like really provoking the... Just one more <laughs> religion <laughs> on top of whatever yeah, existing. Because yeah. it's it's very intense place. Yes. Loaded with uh, with a lot of, uh, you know, conflict energy for, for, for you know, like... 4,000 years of, of history of conflicts. So we don't want to enter that. And we don't want to enter that zone. So uh, we keep it small, namhatas, bhakti vrikshas. And uh, Israelis don't mind. They actually like us. Uh, we're allowed to do um, uh, uh, street harinam. Nice. And we do three, four times a week in different, in different locations. Not Jerusalem. Jerusalem yes, is like... You got to be, be careful. careful there. And uh, mm, we do book distribution. Uh, we try to do one Rata Yatra, but uh, municipality first, they actually, they like the idea and they said they will, they will uh, help us. But at the last moment they canceled. So, so it wasn't successful, but we'll try again this year. We have a plan. So, um, yeah, we preach book distribution. We're allowed to do, we're registered officially ISKCON in Israel. So there's no, nice. no issues. And people like us. People, yeah. there's no, no more like hatred or yeah. bad vibes. Jagadish Prabhu, I want to ask a question. Whenever I see photographs of Israel, I see people with machine gun at every corner of the street. And I felt, my God, I'll be scared to travel in this place where everybody is having a machine gun. I don't know what you feel about whether it's just uh, what they're promoting or is it really the people with a gun around all the time, everywhere? Well, it is real. Okay. Because even now, while we're speaking, there's a conflict between Palestine and Israel. Yes. Uh, like, like really going on, you know, missiles and stuff. <laughs> but... Uh, when you're in Israel, you don't feel that way. You feel completely relaxed. Okay. And even sirens, because they, they put the siren, then you, ha you have to, to, to run hide. into the, yeah, into the bomb shelter. Right. But uh, the, the, at least I, I, I have to say for Tel Aviv and Haifa, which is a main city up north there, the, the, the mood is in joy. They enjoy to the max on the beach, you know. <laughs> they have all kind of uh, good fruits, juices, dairy products. 
So you don't feel uh, you don't feel like the war is going on, but there are people. There's really security is really tough. Shopping malls and any any government office. So it is there, but people just uh, just um, they transcend uh, the fact that they can it. what? No, they they realize that's the way it is in Israel. You have to accept they live it. with that. Yeah, and they live with that exactly. Okay. So there's no tension as such. Okay, another question I want to ask you also is always because uh, many religious system or around the world, <clears throat> they do a lot of rituals. Like we see these people, they go and attach with their head on the... Now, what is the difference between Christian consciousness and very deep understanding of why we do certain things and could become ritualistic also in India. There are people, they every open their shop and they do a puja and stuff like that. Ritualistic is one thing, but how far people are deeply connecting the heart and believing and understanding what they're doing for pleasing God, for example. Whatever religion they are, because God is one, right? Uh, well, Judaism, obviously, among Abrahamic religions, is the oldest one. And we know that, you know, Christianity came from that. Right. I mean, believe it or not, but Jesus was a Jew. Yes. He, he was a Jewish rabbi, actually. Of course. Of course. <laughs> History say that. Yeah, many, many people don't, don't know. know. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and Islam also came from, from that side. So, um, in terms of ritual and how, how deep people are, I can't say from person to person. It's no, very in individual. General, say, in yeah. general, very shallow. Very shallow. Very shallow. They follow. They follow some ritual. They pick and choose whatever See, they want. Exactly. So they can on Saturday they can go to synagogue and pray all day, or there's um, there's one day I don't know how to call it in in English, but you have to fast, and yes. uh, and it's like um, an austerity. Yeah, you have to fast and and intensely pray to God for all the offenses you you commit uh, during the year, but then next year you go and commit offenses Same. again and sins again. So there's a, there's a name for that, but uh, it's called in Hebrew, it's called Yom Kippur. Means uh, anyway, whatever. Yeah. So um, in general, it's very shallow, but of course they have their saints, people who really, there's a mystical uh, direction of Judaism called Kabbalah. Kabbalah, yes. And uh, they really go deep. What experience do they have? I can't say. They go sometimes in mystical trance. Uh, what is that concept of God? It's very, I don't know how to say it, vogue or wag or like, it doesn't have- Vague. Vague, vague. yeah, vague. It means impersonal. It, completely impersonal. There is no personal completely form of impersonal. God. Completely impersonal. God is in the sky He's in the sky, you, you can't see, talk to you him. You talk. can't even address him. And oh. the holy name is so holy that you can not chant. Yeah, they 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 actually replace the original name with with Isaiah. some other name. Yeah, Isaiah, what's the name? Uh, or oh, the name? Yeah, the uh, name of God. The name of the name of God is Jehovah. Oh, Jehovah, yes. But they you can't say it you being say Jewish. It. Wow. <laughs> Only in special occasions or okay. like that. So it's uh, because it's so holy that we should not approach. It. Yeah. It, He's so so holy, and we are so so low. low. So it's it's it, they're fine. They really put him like really far away. So even Jesus, you know, two thousand years ago, he was fighting the Pharisee, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And the, the other group, I don't know how to say it in English, but whatever it is. So it is basically ritualistic, highly ritualistic. And uh, the family connection in, uh, in Judaism is very tight. So, you know, family culture is there still. But everything else, you know. Is there any Jew who is, who is vegetarian, for example? Uh, According yeah. to their religion? Yeah. It's really difficult because, uh, because um, the culture they followed for, see, in, in Jewish calendar, it's 5,875 year running. Right. So it's very ancient culture in almost 6,000 years. Right. So if we look from the Veda point of view, it's pre-Kali Yuga culture. Correct. Right? Yes. So, so what happened, uh, that, that meat ritual came in and became very strong much later. Mm. But um, every Jew at least once a week has to take some, uh, some flesh. Of yes. course, they don't, they, don't, they don't eat many things like pigs and ducks and this and that and, and certain fishes, uh, but, but, but they do eat cow and that's the, that's the, <laughs> that's the worst. But for them, For them, uh, it is their religion and they, they follow the ritual and they cook it and this and that. But uh, yeah, they basically, to be, or uh, let's say, if you want to go up to the, you know, into the religious chain on top, you can be vegetarian. On, on your own level, nobody can, minds. Yes. But if you want to be famous rabbi or this or that, You can't. Interesting thing about Judaism is that it, it has no idea, no concept of renunciation. Man being alone, it, it, he always should be with the wife, with the wife, and and kids and family members. So it's it's very family kind of tradition. They don't. If you want to be a rabbi, you had to have a wife. You can't become a rabbi without a wife. <laughs> Uh, could be positive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying. Uh, yeah. Because we see so many priests and so many people, they fall down from the platform of renunciation. Or, you know, in every religion we see this. But anyhow, could yeah. be <clears throat> amazing. So uh, at the same time, now that you are living in Mayapur for a long time, and you have seen Mayapur uh, growing up, So how do you think, uh, what is the future vision according to you of Mayapur Dam? Because we see that the new temple has come, millions of people are coming, and there's so many things happening and so many opportunities to do service. And Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have no doubts and I don't have my own opinion. It's an opinion of Bhaktivinotakur and Srila Prabhupada. Absolutely. Mayapur will be definitely developing with us or without us. <laughs> so better sure. we, we take part in it. Absolutely. So uh, our humble uh, service in Shida Mayapur, as I've mentioned, we studied for so many years and then our senior gurus and well-wishers They told us, why don't you, because there are so many Russian-speaking devotees in Mayapur and they need education. Yes. <laughs> so five years back, we opened a school here in Mayapur. Just for Russian. D exactly, just oh. for Russian, because we studied in English. One minute, tell us how many Russian 
people live in Mayapur today? Right now? Yes. I think um, between 200 and 300 devotees. That's quite a bit. Yeah. Before COVID, we had a 600 uh, devotees community. Wow. But COVID made made the whole thing really Change. messy. Yes. So, but now... Still a lot coming, of devotees. They're coming back. They're coming back. Many from Ukraine, many from Russia. They escaped yes. the conflict and they take shelter of Mayapur. Nice. So all those people, you know, adults, we don't, we don't teach kids. Yes. So we, we, we have a school, adult education, and we teach, uh, like Srila Prabhupada mentioned, yes, Shastra degrees, first year, second year. This year we completed fifth year of education. We, we started uh, studying Srimad Bhagavatam. So you do Bhakti Shastri course? Bhakti Shastri, Bhakti Vaibhava, Bhakti Vedanta, Bhakti Sarva Boma. We completed the whole thing personally, yeah. and now yeah. we're teaching to others. Yeah, so you are one of the teachers, you are yeah. one of the professors of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, That's so, so nice. we take the materials yes. that we... That in we, English. In English, and translate, translate it into, into Russia. Russia. We trained our, our uh, personnel, and we have uh, highly trained teachers. And... Uh, People yeah. study. Yeah. Devotees come and study and uh, it's like an f it's like a family environment. That's beautiful. We study, we do kitan, we take prasadam together. Yesterday we had a wonderful uh, Ekadasi program. 150 people came nice. for that program. Wow. Japa, kitan and prasadam. <laughs> I know a few days ago and, uh, we give a lecture together to the yeah. Russian duo. Yeah, yeah. The They're Russian very community. Sweet, very sweet people. Yeah. That's very, very nice. So then you will continue to do the service for the future of Mayapur? Well, the plan is 12 year course minimum. That's a long time. That's a long time. Considering five years over, we have seven years more to, to go. go. <laughs> and then we'll see what happens. But yes, now we have a school, we have a mission and we love Mayapur. My kids grew up here. My mom, she wants to be here till her last breath. She's 70, 74 years old. She's nice. And uh, yeah, she basically chants and does deity worship all day. And uh, Mayapur is the place. To be. Place. <laughs> what are the challenges for a Russian devotee coming from Siberia, where it's minus 45 in the wintertime and 23 in the summertime, to adjust to this weather here and this crowded place and this dusty and whatever? I'm just asking you in general. Well, the, the, the basic challenges you've mentioned, it's the weather, food, disease, because people... You know, they are, adjust their body. Yeah, they to the they not uh, they're not used to this kind of uh, tropical yes. environment. Right. But see, Russian people are very tolerant people. Amazing. So that's that's why after Bengalis, Russian speaking devotees are the biggest community in Mayapur. Absolutely. And happy, very happy people, very simple people. They can live with uh, with minimum. Uh, I think because they came from very uh, austere background, maybe austere, you know. but also this these people can adjust. Yes. They they their their mindset yes. is very flexible. So uh, and also smart people, they very learn English, yeah, quickly. They even learn Bengali. Some of them like fluent in Bengali. Yeah, 
and uh, and because it's a, it's a it's a headquarters of ISKCON, they dedicate very dedicated people. I see many ladies dedicated to the service of the deity every yeah. single day, and then I'm. I'm really, really appreciating them, you know, and whether it rain or sun, they're there performing the service for the pleasure of the Lord, which is a great, yeah. great inspiration for everybody to see. Yeah, of course. Russian people are generally very talented people, very smart people. And the best of them come to devotees. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what Srila Prabhupada said, that on, only smartest people choose Krishna consciousness. So we're getting the cream of the cream. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. So you will continue to do the teaching and any other service would you like to explore or uh, you contribute? or um, What happened naturally from the school, because, because um, books of Srila Prabhupada are the center of the school, we developed a small community around the school. Okay. And uh, without, without any um, additional pressure, we just, we just invest into relationship. That's wonderful. So, uh, I mean, you're splitting into small groups and each one has, yes. a, has a meeting with yes, their we friends. We have Mataji Sangha now. Okay. We have Prabhu Sangha. Okay. We organize Kirtans okay. in Mayapur. Yes. Every okay. day they do Kirtan in exactly. the, in the, near the long building. I yes. see them in the morning, afternoon. Yeah. Two Harinams. So slowly, slowly, and I'm part of that development. So I, nice. I basically, I guide people like a spiritual guide. I don't do any administration. Okay. But uh, that, you know, people come consulting us, uh, family life, spiritual life. We do service for many spiritual masters, you know, guiding their disciples in Mayapur. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's natural. It's not like... I planned it. It just happened. Right. What so, about the financial aspect of because we are foreigner? Okay, when we live in a foreign country, we need certain type of standards of living. Simple. Still, uh, I see the some devotees are making bread. Some people they're they're all doing something for survival. Yeah, yeah, and it, it range you know from ten thousand rupees per month to two three hundred thousand rupees per month that's the budget for a family <laughs> but right. but some some work online hmm. and it gives them you know certain income some live very simple like making bread or you know doing doing service for a temple and getting like minimal salary right but still happy happy yeah. that's the that's the trademark Still happy. Nobody's complaining, you know, this, that, you know, how come? They feel the mercy of the dumb. Nice. They go to Ganga every day, many of them, Absolutely. even old ladies. You know, it takes them like one and a half hours just to walk there up and down, but still they go every day because they understand that's the, that's the power of the holy name. Beautiful. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. So, is there any other things you would like to share with the audience of today who are listening to us? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm very grateful to be in Mayapur, and uh, is according to my opinion, I've traveled the world. Yes, according to my opinion, is the best place, and uh, of course, Goranga Mahaprabhu invites everybody. We can see Panchatatva is calling every day, so we should go, <laughs> even if we watch them online. Sure. And uh, uh, my personal uh, 
goal is to stay in Mayapur till the end. Wonderful. It was very nice to meet you today and share your realization with our audience. Thank you so much, Jagadish. Thank you, Gang. Uh, we hope that uh, you can invite more and more people to come to Mayapur. And I'm sure when they come, we can guide them to you and you will inspire them to help them to stay here in Mayapur in Oholida. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur.